0: Thank for calling. I just called to say please hold. Thank you for calling. I just called to say please hold. Thank you for calling. I just called to say please hold. Thank you for calling. I just called. To say, oh, hey, it's you, child. These lines is hot, but thank you for dialing in to I just called to say. That's the Reliving and Truth-Telling podcast, where folks call in, confront, and set the record straight. It's me, Megan, with my boo boo Colleen Rast on the other line. I just called to say these lines are hot and thank you a thousand times over for listening and telling peeps to subscribe. Y'all, we got the block hot! So keep up with us on IG and Facebook and continue to leave us reviews and listen and tell other people to listen. You only live once and a million downloads is the motto. All right, with that being said, let's go ahead and dial in. I just called to say, remember when I just called to say, thank you for that time, I just called to say, <laughs> what had happened was we really And he is like a thousand and ten days sober from alcohol. Yeah. So we talked about his road to redemption and rehab and AA. That's amazing. Huge. that's
1: so interesting. A thousand days sober. So three years. A little shy for
0: years. Wow, and he just knows pop culture pretty well. Oh, okay. During, throughout the entire interview, we kept referring to okay. Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> like, amazing. We were like, "Well, you know, Lindsay Lohan's rehab." We'd we'll be like, "Well, how?" <laughs> when I was in college, we had this phrase that it would be like, "On a scale of one to on a scale of one to Lindsay Lohan, what are you right now?" <laughs> You'd be like, "I'm Furby, fully loaded, Lindsay," <laughs> or you know, "I'm Lindsay with Paris."
1: Oh, <laughs> that's amazing. I, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, Lindsay with paris in the car in the suburban, like passed out in the front seat. Yes, yeah, so good. It's like a weird connection for your whole conversation is that I had a college friend that went to rehab with Lindsay Lohan. Shut that up. That sentence literally it connects all three of the things. College. Did she go to passages? I don't know, and I know, but she. I, there's a picture of my friend on Perez Hilton, like on the balcony smoking cigarettes with her. Oh I say friend gosh. very loosely. Um we were acquaintances at best. Like I don't I mean the fact that I didn't even know the name of the rehab.
0: So this was when you were in college in Florida?
1: hmm Yeah. So it's like Florida uh, college rehab. Oh my god, yes. It's like don't forget Florida. <laughs> it literally is everything. Wow. She um she said that Lindsay Lohan made great grilled cheese sandwiches. So I believe it. That was the only juicy scoop that I was able to ascertain.
0: I bet Lindsay Lohan uses a uh, like craft Singles, like American cheese,
1: though. That is exactly what I imagined as well. I don't know why, but I was like, I know it's craft mac and cheese, butter, no mayonnaise. Yep, I knew that. And it's
0: like, and you're like, why didn't you use the fresh cheddar? And she's like, no, this is good.
1: <laughs> you're like, oh god. And you're like, no, cheddar is literally always better. I don't want the mac, the craft mac and cheese, or the craft Singles. It's not even illegal in other countries. <laughs> Doesn't even say cheese, it says cheese product. <laughs> disgusting. That's so scary. <laughs> so scary. But you know, I mean. What had mm. happened
0: was really, he just called to say. So I lied when And she just called to say so why would you do that? We just called to say That really changed my life. Big pig big up your phone. On a
2: scale of one to Lindsay Lohan, how drunk... Way worse than Lindsay Lohan. Way worse. (laughs) I was Lindsay Lohan, like, violently throwing up.
0: Did you go to a rehab like Lindsay
2: Lohan? Yeah. Absolutely, it was. I mean, it was... Was she there? It was and it wasn't. (laughs) I wanted her... I I either wanted to see... You know who was there? Who? I went... He wasn't in the rehab, but um, he was in town. I went to the first rehab I went to. I went to two. First time was a... I don't think I have a problem, but I've got a DUI and some court charges, and you know, You're drinking's like the court not made my me problem. Come here. Right? It's good for court, absolutely. And I went to uh, a place in Wilmington, North Carolina, and Robert Downey Jr. was in town filming Iron Man. Nice. So he came.
0: Of course, in
2: Wilmington, it's so cheap to film there. Who yeah, it, that's I I know, and I had no. It was the first Iron Man. And I was like, they're making an Iron Man movie? And Robert Downey Jr. is playing Iron Man? Um, little did I know how good he would be. He's the star of Iron Man. Many of you in this room probably know him best from such facilities as the Betty Ford Clinic and Los Angeles County Jail. Please welcome Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> but he came, but I never even got a look at him. It was such, word must have gotten out. It's like so much for anonymous. Yeah. Um, it was unlike any AA meeting I'd gone to, and he cut out of there pretty early because I think he... I mean, how do you go to an AA meeting when you're when you're that big? Right. It's, it's got to be hard because you don't want to jeopardize anybody else's anonymity. Or, but it was just the fact that I knew what a nightmare addict and drinker like Robert Downey Jr. was. He was kind of like the Charlie Sheen. Yeah. But even before Charlie Sheen got as bad as I was definitely Charlie Sheen on a weekly basis, <laughs> and that was when I was having fun. When it was fun, (laughs) Charlie Sheen was like, Charlie, if you're winning, then something's wrong with the fucking scoreboard. Being sober now, going on three years, um, you tend to only remember, the the mind is so selective. Like, Mm -hmm. you tend to only remember the good times. And I look back at my party days, like, I was a regular freaking Charlie Sheen, like I had. Girls, Um, you know, the wild Vegas nights and the trips to Montreal and Miami Beach and Man, that was the life drinking and VIP lounges and bottle service And I don't remember the time I tend to remember less the times where you know my mother's crying My brother's not speaking to me. I'm sitting alone in a dark room with a bottle of plastic bottle of Smirnoff just like sobbing no, I look back on them like yeah, that was those were the Charlie Sheen days. And then, you know, I gotta remind myself that Charlie Sheen has AIDS. And you know, <laughs> his, his wife his wife is his multiple wives that sued him for like domestic I was
0: waiting for you to stay and I was like, like but you know, domestic
2: b- batter assault and battery on I don't know how many different wives and Denise Richards has a you know, so it's like, um, yeah, he wasn't. His days of being in the pool with Nev Campbell and Denise Richards were are long over. I don't think he's. Oh gosh, yeah. I don't think Charlie Sheen really enjoys being Charlie Sheen either. It's all in an appearance, and, and that's what people saw when they looked at me. They saw like, they saw what I wanted them to see, which was a fun guy going out. Like to quote like Kevin Spacey from American Beauty, he said uh, he said to his wife when she said, Can you not, just, honey, don't be weird." <laughs>
1: honey, don't be weird. <laughs>
2: All right, honey, I won't be weird.
1: Okay.
2: I'll be whatever you want me to be. Well... That was me. I would be whatever you want me to be. From the outside, looking in, they would describe me as all the things I wanted them to see. Confident, intelligent, moderately intelligent, um, you know, a lot of potential, kind, and if they saw me when I was drinking, They describe me as all those things followed by, isn't it a shame Mm. that, you know, that he's confident, smart, nice guy, all the potential in the world, but dot, dot, dot. Right out the gate, I'd be great. I'd get into George Washington University. I was studying political science, minor in criminal justice. Um, I wanted to go to law school. I've always had aspirations to be a, a... Criminal trial attorney. I played the violin since I was six years old, and that's one of the few things I kept up with right until you know the end there, when everything else fell by the wayside. Um, so I had all these big grand plans and uh, a whole lot of a whole lot of potential. The sky was really the limit, and you know I came from a good upbringing. I had a good education, a loving family. I never really wanted for anything. I don't have some sob story. Or what was your vice? My vice was more of everything. It was specifically alcohol. But, you know, for a long time I just classified that as, eh, I love to drink. I'm a heavy drinker. Heavy drinking. You know, I didn't like the term binge drinking because I thought of, like, frat parties and keg stands.
1: Whoa! Saturdays for the boys! <laughs> <laughs>
2: So it was really more of a no. I'm a, I'm a. Let's go to a cigar lounge and order like an expensive glass of scotch. Do you remember your first drink? Bed. My first drink was. Well, my real first drink. We laughed as a family. What's a real first drink? My my legitimate first first sip of alcohol. I was like three years old and my dad. I'd go grab the Coors Light hand out of my dad's hands and I'd take like a little sip. Like little chubby fingers holding this. Big silver coarse light can, and I lift it up to my face and tilt my head. It's awful, and then they all they'd all laugh. Oh, isn't that cute? And I have photos. Did got... you even like the taste of it?
0: It's very yeah. Interesting. I mean,
2: I remember the taste, and I always thought it was um, like not like I would drink it because I was thirsty, yeah. but it wasn't bad. It wasn't like ugh. It, it was it was. I didn't spit it out. I, I wasn't the first gross. time I
0: drank wine. I thought it tasted like bread. I was like, it's very yeasty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like I, <it's> bread. <laughs> I can I can feel that, and I think the first time I probably tasted wine was communion, or yeah. you know, so I would associate it kind of with that bread bread taste, or it would be sitting at a dinner table with my parents. I'd have a sip of my dad's wine while the bread was coming out before the rest of the meal. Um, but beer was as a little three old. We have m- numerous pictures of me. I'm wearing. It. We've got one where I'm like six years old, wearing a cowboy hat with my little. Cap gun in a holster, and I've I'm, I'm got my cowboy boots on, and I'm swigging my dad's Coors Light. And they literally took a photo of it, like, isn't that funny? You know, the kid loves beer. <laughs> literally, you know, fast forward, like, you know. The
0: kid loves beer. Yeah, fast forward
2: 30 years later, I'm sitting in a freaking AA meeting. It's like, well, what'd you expect, Dad?
0: Oh. You know? Um, fun fact, Whitney Houston and Billy Joel were in rehab they overlap at the same time. It was a rehab in Anguilla. Did they? Yeah, it's pretty
2: nice. Um, the common thread among that you'll see with Robert Downey Jr., Lindsay Lohan, Ben Affleck, Billy Joel, Whitney Houston, you name it, Robin Williams, Philip Seymour Hoffman, all of them have gone to rehab, and very, very rarely do they get sober. Rehab is, besides being a PR move, and a legal maneuver. And yeah. then
0: another fun fact, police first found that Lindsay Lowe was in the same rehab as her and she checked out. And then Paris Hilton and Lindsay were feuding and Paris Hilton found that Lindsay was in the same rehab and checked out as well.
2: Wow. Yeah.
0: They did Nobody not, they wanted did not to be like in rehab Lindsay. with Lindsay. No, they did not like her. They, had like a, they used to be very close and they had a falling out. So when you got to rehab, did you make any friends or frenemies?
2: Yes. Christopher Fetzer, who was in rehab, he was my Paris Hilton. <laughs> um, no, he's more. He's really more of a Britney Spears. I think you can tell him I said that. He's more of a. He's more of a Britney. Um, Nathan might be more of a Paris, uh, but but yeah, and I was Lindsay Lohan for sure because I was I was a horrible to be in rehab with, but I was also uh, the talented. Got she's got some acting chops for it's sure. True. Like and she had,
0: she's had got, a, she had a great album. I she had has that a god so
2: given talent. Um, there and I mean I that it does remind me of her watching Lindsay Lohan is sad it's the saddest one to see just like Robert Downey Jr. was for so long because they're so talented mm-hmm. and because they have so much potential and I think that makes it hurt even more when you see someone on that downward spiral and you see a Philip Seymour Hoffman or a Robin Williams or a Billy Joel or a Whitney you're like I mean there is only one Whitney like nobody's better yeah. than Whitney and you see that talent and that voice going away, and you see them losing that voice. Um, what,
0: f- what frenemies did you make in rehab? Were there any frenemies, or were you like judging anyone secretly? Oh
2: my God! It's like yes. mind
0: you, we're all in rehab together, so we're all working or something. Stuck. But you can still be like judgmental, like oh, you, well, like,
2: I hated the staff. I, would, I judged the staff most of all, and the people who would come in to help us. And it's terrible because they're only they're there because they care. They're care. At first,
0: I thought she said I was just adverse. It's like, that, like the needle people,
2: there were lots of needle people in there, and yes, I judged them. Yes,
0: I mean, you know, I there's did. like levels to this. Shit. Oh, you're yes, like weed, alcohol, right. You know, pills, pills,
2: <laughs> and then you're it's like, yeah, you're a junkie. Like, of course, <laughs> you need to be here. I'm not like you,
1: yeah, and
2: that's exactly how I felt in there. Okay, you don't Lindsay,
1: wanna... I'm not like you,
2: right? Yeah, it was like, I think the recovery community in general is a collection of. I think most addicts, shockingly, even from the from the sitting in an alley with a needle in their arm, junkies, to the alcohol old alcoholics, and I think most of them are intelligent, above yeah. average intelligence. And there's a saying in AA and AA that nobody's too dumb to get sober, yeah. but plenty of people are too smart, and you tend to think your way out of things or say that I can handle it or I'm smart enough or look at my resume, look at my credentials. What
1: drew you
0: to your friend that you met in rehab?
2: Chris was when, he was a lot like me, but when I walked in, the way we met, as I have been told, because I don't remember, um, I show up pretty drunk. Um, But I wasn't like falling down drunk walking into rehab. I was sick. And I mean, I I'd, I had a they when I, we did a medical assessment getting in there, and I go all I wanted was I show up just really looking for that Malibu. I figured I was at like the passages of Hilton Head, and it's like the passages yeah, of Hilton where, Head. Is Lindsay here? Because if not, that's fine. But I'm ready for my bed. Where's my room? And we do have do we have room service? Because I've got my cell phone here. Can I get an iPhone hookup? Like, do you have a? Where where can Horse I charge where can I charge my laptop? Yeah, oh there was and it was even advertising. We have horseback riding and like equestrian therapy. Whoa. That was bullshit. There were no horses. <laughs> there there no, were no there were no there horses. There was an empty barn on the property that had not been touched in years. <laughs> they were like, no Yeah. No horses. We couldn't keep the they horses will, up. Well they contract out these companies to tell you that when you call up to like I need help, they'll tell you anything they make they work on a quota to get people to come to the real so they'll tell you anything to get there everybody showed up like we're gonna hook up my laptop um i'll need a wake up call 10 a.m i've got a i've got a phone conference with my company and and they're just like nope we'll be taking that we'll take that can't have that yeah they told me i could take my cigarettes uh nope (laughs) took, took my cigarettes from me right away oh snap yeah they were they gave us they would hand them out individually one at a time Throughout the day, there were certain points throughout the day where you could have a cigarette break for five minutes. They would just, whatever cigarettes you brought, if you had some in your locker, you're shit out of luck. You're borrowing some. So everybody would come up trying to bum cigarettes. Um, And the cigarette, (laughs) really, they they say if you smoke, we encourage, we don't suggest that you quit in there because you're dealing with so much other shit. Wait, Um, say that again? They say if you are a smoker, Smoke cigarettes in there. Oh, okay. And you're there to quit. <laughs> you said weed. If you're no, uh, weed. <laughs> like, unfortunately,
0: me? like is this an L.A. Rehab? I mean,
2: there are many schools. Of I've thought. seen a
0: Vice episode where they were weaning people off of high um opiates. Yeah. With weed.
2: Medical marijuana management. I've heard of it. And marijuana management. That's what it's, it's called. Got a name. It does. Yeah. And there are many. There's like an <laughs> ongoing debate within the, you know, recovery community as to the benefits or uh, of that. Yeah. And um. You know, I come down on the side, unfortunately, and I never thought I would say this, but I come down on the side of complete abstinence. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you you You're are like it'll
0: still cause an addictive personality to.
2: Yeah, it's all it's neuroscience, yeah. and they brought a neuroscientist into the rehab to explain all. This. Yeah, so I walk in, I walk in looking for my spa, at, at my retreat, and I'm like, I'm here. Aren't you guys happy? I did a big thing. Everybody should pat me on the back. And I'm going through the intake process, and they're giving me a medical exam, and they're telling me my blood pressure was 220 over 110. So they end up saying, you can't check in. Uh, we've got to take you to the hospital. You're too much of a risk insurance-wise for us to keep it. They're like, you are a walking like, corpse. You've got one foot in the grave. You're going to have a heart attack or a seizure at any moment. And I'm like, I feel fine. Good thing you got there when you did <laughs> I was. Just like, I'm really, I'm Okay. I'm good. I'm here, aren't I? And they're and I'm. They're like your blood pressure is 220 over 110. I'm like, is that bad? I didn't even know what normal blood pressure was supposed to be. I'm like, that sounds a little on the high side, right? They're like, you could die at any moment. So um, you could have a stroke. So as I'm waiting for transport to the hospital, this kind of you know blonde, this blonde guy who I vaguely remember him walking up and remember and recognizing my T-shirt. Of course, I wore a T-shirt from Red's Ice House, a local bar, to rehab. I couldn't have picked any other T-shirt, and I'm wearing a T-shirt from a bar. And he comes up and recognizes it, and he goes, "Hey, you from Charleston?" Because we're in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which mm-hmm. is a few hours away. And uh, and I'm like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Red's Ice House, like used to drink there all the time." He's like, well, "And he goes, I'm from Charleston, also." So he and I were at the time, I think, the only people, oddly, from Charleston in uh, Hilton Head rehab. And so we start chatting, and I just remember thinking, like, I'm not trying to make friends with this guy, but he was like, What are you here for? Like, what's your drug of choice? And I'm like, Yeah, it's alcohol, I guess. You know, I'm drinking. I'm a, I'm a heavy drinker. And I'm, I'm looking for my bed and my masseuse. And he's like, Do you know who your roommate is yet? And I'm like, Yes, I don't have one. I have my own room, right? <laughs> I don't have a roommate. Nobody said anything about roommates. You're
0: like, what is this roommate yeah, thing you speak like, of?
2: Yes, I know who he is. He's fucking nobody. And I'm by myself. Where am I single? And so, the, and he said, nah, dude, everybody has a roommate. And I remember being like, that's not what the
0: brochure said. Yeah,
2: like, is it going to be, is it you? Like, I don't know if, judging by the looks of the rest of these people, I don't know if I want you. Are you like the best? they've got here you're
0: like let me get a out or are you
2: the worst. Yeah, I really this is the first guy who's like come over and talk to me. And I just remember thinking like he seems like one of the guys I would drink with. You know, he I was like he, he seems like a guy first thought that was What's my your first act?
1: thought when you're like, Stephen, yeah. with you like as you step into the i would
0: get a drink It was here. how I
2: gauged everybody. That was like how I voted for president. Like <laughs> do you want to have a beer with him? It's just like and now I use that logic for from for many things. Um, what would I, would I drink with this guy And it was like yeah I, He seemed like a cool enough guy And he was from Jersey So he didn't come up and have the You know Charleston like Hey You know Don't I know you Don't we go mudden in the same place I was You know like I didn't aren't,
0: No Charleston people don't go mudden Unless they are Somerville Goose Creek people Right They're more like Don't I recognize you from the harbor The harbor club That's
2: Yeah <laughs> Yeah like, well, yeah, they've all come up with, like, the Clemson camo hat on. And, and he was, he had none of that. He kind of had that Charleston look. That you're, like, this cross, but he's got the Jersey accent. Yeah. And so I'm, like, he's this cross between, like, the situation and, like, Thomas Ravenel. Oh,
0: my you know, gosh. Like, what a great combination. Re- Wait till you meet him. Okay, not That's great, him. but you know what I mean? Like, those personalities. So situation and yeah. Thomas Ravenel. You take, like,
2: the situation, like, a Pauly D. From Jersey Shore, you take a Jersey Shore guy, he's kind of a Paulie D mixed with the situation, and then give him a master's degree from Charleston Business School or wherever, and uh, put him on, on Wall Street, and then have him live in Charleston for ten years, and he's and turn into an alcoholic, and you've got Thomas Ravenel meets Jersey Shore. Yeah, um, it's it's he's an interesting character, and so he's got the thick accent, and he's like. Aren't you from Charleston? Or I mean, where do I, where do I fucking know you from? You know, he sounds like a super character off The of Sopranos. And I'm, I'm like, okay, this guy, I got it. They're taking me to the hospital. So, good talk.
0: <laughs> Later. I go. See you never. Yeah,
2: and I really thought see you never. I'm like, okay, if they're gonna make me detox at the hospital, I'm gonna stay there like a day, maybe two, get this out of my system, and I'm gonna Uber home little did i know i was stuck on hilton head island and, and they took my phone so i had i detoxed five days in a hospital which is was hell and uh and i got out and really i was left with like either go back to the rehab and get my single room in my masseuse which i still thought was coming to me because the place looked beautiful you pull up and it's manicured gardens yeah. and palm trees and this big, you know, white pillars out front of a big circular driveway entrance, and there's people coming to take your bags, and I didn't realize they're not giving me my bags back. I thought they were like, the bellhop. Like, you take this to my room, please. Thank that you.
0: That is hilarious. But I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> you get up to the front desk, and you're like...
2: Do you have a ticket?
0: Took my cigarette. I'm like,
2: I didn't, get a, I didn't get a ticket for my bags. Are they bringing... They're just going to take them up to the suite, right? And, and then they take Chris... The Jersey guy, Jersey Shore guy, I didn't see again until, I don't know, we walk into like a group therapy session and he's like, hey, DC Charleston guy, hey, you're still alive. Great to see you. You're
0: and like who
2: and you? I'm like, yeah, I just vaguely remembered him. I'm like, did I meet you when I was coming in? He's like, yeah, you looked rough. And <laughs>
0: You're like, why does everyone keep saying I look oh, rough? Everybody, I I looked great.
2: <laughs> I really did. And everybody, even after just a five day detox, people were telling me like, whoa, you look better. Like, just five days, I'd gotten some color back to my yeah. face. And, you know, being on an EKG and a heart monitor that whole time and a whole bunch of drugs to keep me from seizing was, uh, it was helpful. But yeah. Chris and I then became friends in there. We really kind of bonded off our ability to judge everybody else. And <clears throat> we both didn't think we really needed to be there. Or even if we did, we were heavy drinkers, like we needed a break. We both kind of had the same um, condescending attitude to the whole thing. Like, you know, it was the most, the nicest rehab we could find in the area. And, well, Chris has a whole nother story for how he got there. But he had picked out another rehab first, but was not allowed in because he assaulted one of the staff members when they tried to take his bags. I guess he realized they weren't giving them back. And so he handled it even worse than I did. And... Didn't end up going to that rehab. So after he got out of the night in jail, he then came to Hilton Head, and then that's where we became friends. And we would, we would pretty much sit around and say, so "You asked if like I didn't like anybody there. Um, there were quite a few people that some I got along with great, others were just. It was kind of like you. It was very clicky. Ooh, it was like high school. It really was again? like high school. People high would school team people. The rehab. Yeah, it was Ooh. terrible. People click off in like little groups. And they would tend to pick on, you know, one of these, a very annoying girl there uh, that nobody could stand and was just nothing but problems and sob stories. Drama. You better shut up. Like, yeah. dr- really. Like, what, so if
0: you could go to rehab for just like anything, that would be me. Just... I'd be like. I just called to say, if you could go to rehab for, like, let's say it didn't have to be like a typical addiction, like you go for like any kind of addiction. What would your addiction be? Mine would probably be I'm addicted to wiggling my middle toe on my right foot. It's ridiculously flimsy.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> and if anyone knows me,
0: they know I wiggle it all the time, especially when I'm like anxious. So I would probably go to rehab for that.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, I would go to rehab for... Dang. Okay, I do this thing. Like, if I'm eating a snack, I have to, like, end it on an even. And then I, like, if I'm getting cookies out of a jar, and I grab three, I'll eat three, but then I'll grab two more. And I wish I could just not <laughs> grab the two. I wish I could like, you know what, Calling it's okay that it's an odd number, and it's gonna be fine. But I'll, like, go and get more until it's an even number, which is, like, the dumbest thing ever, and I end up eating
2: like
0: way more
1: than
2: I should. <laughs> Sorry that we had for that.
1: Uh. These, or I'm a
0: crybaby. I cry too
2: much. Oh my, like, yeah, that was a big. She would cry all the time, and she'd monopolize the group therapy sessions. Mm, and she was we're that just, girl. Yeah, and we're just like, I, yeah, I could tell you her life story by now.
0: Ashley, we already heard from you. Chill
2: out. Yeah, it was just taking the time, and then the the ther- the group therapist would say like. Okay, Justin, I see you rolling your eyes over there. Would you like to share what, pick an emotion of the day. What are you feeling? And I'd be like, I'm feeling a sudden rush of go fuck yourself.
0: (laughs) And then you and And, Chris pound it. You're like, yeah,
2: funny. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then Chris would be sitting there next to me like, ha, ha, ha. He told you to go fuck yourself.
0: You guys think you're the cool guys of the rehab. We were
2: the, like, obnoxious, yeah, like, we're, it was was pretty bad. How many
0: people were in your group?
2: Thirty-three.
0: How many do you think are still sober?
2: I know for a fact, because the rehab, um, it keeps tabs on. It does its best to keep tabs on everybody. Chris and I were talking about it recently. Um, I've been to two funerals. Out of 33 people, three are dead. Um, I've been to two of the three funerals. The 27, 28 are either... We know for a fact that they're actively using relapsed or they're just, some of them are in jail, some of them got kicked out of their sober living, but none of them are reporting back sober. Out of 33 people there, this was 1,006 days ago that I walked in there. There were 33 people in there. The only two that are still sober are Chris and I. Say it
0: one more time for the people in the back.
2: There are 33 people and two. Are still communicating with some spire. That's the rehab place where we went, and and still fit. So the two, cool
0: boys from the graduating class. The obnoxious. Have Sunspire. And it
2: was so we were. It's a it's a horrible, sad statistic. Uh, that that like amazes. When I talked to Chris, like I did last night, um, we're just like, can you believe it? I'm like, I I don't, man. I don't know what's more shocking that, you know, only two, <laughs> made it. Or that the two are from us. That's
0: good that y'all still keep up with
1: each other.
2: Yeah, we're very, very close. Um, the, the two, they tell you when you're there, the statistics uh, that I've seen are they say when you're in there, with 30 some odd people, look to your left, look to your right. Only one of you will still be sober six months from now mm. when you get out. And that's a daunting stat to yeah. hear. But by those numbers, 10 out of the 33, 11 should still be sober. Only two are. And so getting out of rehab is the, they, they say that getting sober is hard. Staying sober is much harder. And getting out of rehab was a very scary uh, it's, it's a thing to think about. They, they spend the last week that you're in there, the 30 days that I did there, the last week is pl- is geared toward planning, preparing for discharge. What you're gonna do when you get back. and um, I did not believe I had a little exposure to AA in there because we would uh, they'd either bring meetings to the rehab every night or, um, we'd go at, off campus to them. But the AA meetings in town, so I liked AA. I thought like there's nothing wrong with it. I got I kind of felt about AA like I felt when I go to church, like yeah, or when I go to the gym, like that you <laughs> know gym. I don't want to go. Uh, I don't feel like going. I don't think. It's really helping me you guys say it is yeah. but I don't see a difference but then again when I leave I'm always glad I went and so I had kind of a yeah it, it doesn't hurt Dude, but like I check did off not. all the cliches that
0: like when you pulled up was like everyone outside smoking cigarettes.
2: Some cliches are true yeah there's, there's you're always gonna see the people smoking cigarettes and I was like, hi I belong with you guys right <laughs> now because that's something I'm not quitting so don't even try.
0: Are you um, one of those guys now?
2: Yes. Yes, I was outside smoking. My job was early in AA, um, to, to greet people as they come in. That was part of it. Like once I'd been around for about thirty days going to meetings and stuff, they're like, Hey, you're gonna stand at the door and greet people Which was okay with me because I would smoke anyway. Yeah. So I'd be like, Sure, I'll be out here smoking And then uh, and that's when I saw Nathan wandering aimlessly around a parking lot, you know, making circles in the in the gravel. Turning around, walking toward the building, then stopping, going back to his car, turning around and coming back. And you could tell he was not lost. <laughs> he knew where he was. He
0: like, You're in the right he place. Didn't.
2: And that's exactly the words they say that you're supposed to say. You're in the right place.
0: <laughs>
2: and, and I was I just love like, how you
0: said a, like a Southern accent. Oh, exactly. Honey, you're in the right place. That's what
2: they Bless all tell your heart. you. Yeah. Welcome. And I didn't want to, when people said that to me, I was like, No, I'm not. I'm at the AA meeting. But, it's not the right place. <laughs> I'm just here, um, but but I know I know what you mean. And so no, with Nathan, I was just like, if you think you might be an alcoholic, you are. Come on in. You know, I, I didn't sugarcoat it. And he's just like, hey, I'm Nathan. I'm like, Justin, go in. I'm not gonna even try to bullshit you. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe it's a cult. I'm not sure. I haven't figured out yet.
1: <laughs> just, just don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah,
2: dude. Just, yeah, let them let them brainwash it. Don't really don't care you think you need to be here you probably do um but my biggest fear was getting out and this is anybody who's got a drinking problem or a drug problem this is what's going through your head the the first fear is uh i'm rarely one to quote the big book of alcoholics anonymous even though i attribute what the content in it for getting me sober and the and the connection with something out there in this world greater than me that i was able to to tap into over these years, um, a higher power. Uh, some people call it God. A buddy of mine likes to say I call it God just because it's um, easy to spell and everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, when people ask me to explain it, it's like, I can't. Here's how I can explain. Do you want me to prove to you that there's a God or something out there? I've been sober 1,005 days.
0: Ooh, one more time. Say like, for the people in the back. You, how many? If you
2: don't believe in God... I've been sober 1,005 days. Yes. Without a single drink or drug, uh, not even painkillers, as I went through seven different dental surgeries in sobriety and Good root canals and emergency room visits and Jesus, having a, a, a baby. Um, I just called to say I'm not who I used to be.
1: That really changed my life. Pick, 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 pick up your phone. Whatever I watch is like rehab shows. I'll like, once, once I get into the math, and they're like, and then i started doing math. And that's kind of like the barometer that which it's like things got bad.
0: Oh my gosh. One time in college, I used to be really good friends with a stripper uh, for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. But when I met her, she wasn't a stripper. She was like a, a retired stripper who'd gone into the military and she was trying to get her life right. She was working at Hyman's and then she got fired from Hyman's. And then I literally drove her to her interview at the strip club. (laughs) Okay, so this is why she got fired. One of the reasons, someone was like, how do you feel about this fish? And she tells them, she was like, well, I mean, it's basically equivalent to going to Captain D's, but we just uh, jack up the price. So
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. But also, like, so true. I've actually never had hymens. Have you? I have.
0: And for, like, a brief period, I was like, you know, this is fancy Captain D's. And I'm fine (laughs) with that. She was just always a mess. So I used to always love hanging out with her. But the first time I ever, the first and only time I've ever seen someone do crack cocaine was her. And she literally had this guy like show up to her house, deliver it, and then she started smoking it from a can as if what? this was like some like crazy drug movie. Girl, <laughs> I was like a ten year old. I turned my back to her and covered my eyes. You're
1: like, no man, No, ma'am. No,
0: ma'am. And that was when I was like, I was like, we got to stop hanging out. Well, that and she stole my bike. (laughs) But I was like, oh, Monique, maybe
1: she'd be a good person to call for the podcast. She would. I just called to say Monique.
0: Because the the beautiful thing about her was that she was shameless.
1: Beautiful.
0: Yeah. So she
1: probably would do it.
0: And the last time she reached out to me, it was like a Facebook message, like, 3 or 4 years ago and she was like, "Hey girl, I hope you're mm-hmm. doing well." She was like, "I stopped working at the titty bars." Ha ha ha. And I was like, "See?
1: She's a good spirits." She just needed you to know. She was like, <laughs> "Just to update you like back where we left off and to close the circle on this one, not stripping anymore." Love that. Yeah, that's She definitely... was my
0: first I just called to say.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, she just called to say. She was not stripping anymore. That is the exact oh. kind of person that hits you up on a Facebook Messenger. Like I think there's like 10 of those and I'm just like I like no. Like we don't talk but we're good that way. I've a lot of people messaging uh, me about their like creepy multi-level marketing schemes like Yes, what's that one? Oh god, yeah. Always in the Facebook messages.
0: Thank you for dialing in on this episode of I just called to say Feel free to keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook, slide into the DMs, leave us a review anywhere where podcasts can be heard, and feel free to call in and leave us a message via the Anchor app. All right then, meet you back here next week. See you then. You're doing great, sweetie.